Hello and welcome everyone. This is the Ace in the Wild podcast. My name is Desi. I hope that all of you are enjoying this wonderful spring. At least it's wonderful where I am in the Northern Hemisphere. Where I am, it's actually been one of the warmest Mays on record. In fact, we could actually potentially break that record by the end of the month with the weather coming up. But after one of the coldest Aprils on record, it's rather welcome and I've been gardening a lot and it's been great for the plants. So I can't complain too much, although I am worried about wildfires. Despite the weather, the topic of today is a bit in contrast with warmness. It's a local phenomena, fairly unique to the Pacific Northwest, but I guess more or less on the West Coast, but it's called the Seattle Freeze. And the reason why I feel obligated to talk about this is I've just had a series of unfortunate events. My two dear friends are in Utah and in Europe, respectively. So I am trying to expand my friend circle. And I've primarily been doing this through the Bumble BFF app, which I've had success with in the past. I met one of my current best friends that way, so I figured I would just try and keep doing it. And part of this episode will just be reflecting on how that's gone for me. As many of you know, I've lived here in the Pacific Northwest my entire life, and I didn't know that there was an actual terminology for the way people interact here called the Seattle Freeze. I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago, and one of the individuals there who I knew called it the Seattle Ice. I've done a fair amount of research on this topic, and I've talked to a bunch of people about it, including my therapist. It's definitely a thing. It's almost, I guess you could even call it empirical. If you go on YouTube, you can find dozens and dozens of videos about the Seattle freeze. It's definitely a thing. And I'm talking about it now because I've really sort of come out of my shell. In my 20s, I was more or less just a uh, stoner video gamer who just kind of was in his own little world and just lived on the internet. My only real way of coping back then was to use alcohol, which for any of you know who are recovering alcoholics is not a very good solution, but it did sort of alleviate the problem short term, but long term it ended up hurting me more. And because of my social isolation, my neurodiversity, and my general lack of social skills, I kind of stagnated in my 20s, and now in my 30s, trying to make up for lost time, more or less. In my early 20s, I went to college, so I was able to have somewhat of a social interaction that way. In my early to mid-20s, I had my friends Gary and RJ. Both of them would soon find partners, have kids, and do the adult thing, I guess. Well, I kind of stagnated during that time. During my mid to late 20s, I really only had Gary left. Gary stayed my best friend, and then I had my friend BJ. I'm using a lot of uh, acronyms for my friends just for anonymity's sake. And these two people were my primary source of communication, at least from people my own age, outside of my cousins and whatnot. COVID happened, made me realize how lonely I was, how desperately I wanted friends, and I was fortunate that I reached out into the void and found my best friend Ezra. Ezra and I developed a mutually beneficial relationship. I can talk to Ezra about anything. They are wonderful, and I adore them to pieces. So my new friends, I hold up to their standard, which... I always thought it was unreasonable, but talking to my therapist and Ezra, it's like, no, you deserve the best, Desi. That's what you should reach for. So I have a very high standard just to sort of set the context. Now that we've got Desi's personal history out of the way, 
I did want to kind of address something that I've noticed and get started on the topic at hand. In other parts of the country, when I've traveled to Utah, when I've traveled to Florida, when I've traveled to even like Colorado, people seem to be a lot more friendly and engaging. You really notice it when like you go to the gas station, when you go to the grocery store, the person behind the counter actually strikes up a conversation with you and just doesn't give you one word responses or mumble. Not all people in the Pacific Northwest are like that. I want to point that out, but it seems to be like 60, 80 to 80% of the encounters here are just people that just don't want to talk and are just aren't interested in small talk or I guess trying to be friendly. Last time I was in Florida, I went to a place called the Winn-Dixie, which is a supermarket chain, and the lady at the cash register like just started up a whole conversation. I went to the subway, and we were in line, and the people next to us, one of them was a lawyer, they just struck up a whole conversation about like the drug cartels and just random history of Florida, and I thought that was fascinating. And we went to the hotel. We had just random conversations with random people. Like, I think that was my favorite part of that vacation is just how, like, engaging people were. And people in Florida, like, notoriously, at least for the East Coast, aren't considered to be that friendly or kind of considered to be oddballs. But I loved it because all of these people were so engaging. And I didn't feel like I was trying to pull teeth to start a conversation. There were also people from different parts of the country and even someone from Europe and Great Britain. And all of them were infinitely more friendly and engaging than people where I'm from, for the most part. Hell, the local iguanas were engaging. I know I talked a bit about my experience at the beginning of this episode, but I want to go back to my childhood just to kind of give a perspective of how this has evolved and how attitudes have changed and also stayed the same. I really kind of want to start off my teenage years because childhood doesn't really count because children are a lot different than adults. Children adapt and develop as they get older, and the teenage years are really that transformation of how they'll be in as an adult in some ways. My two best friends in high school were my friends LJ and DJ. Again, these are pseudonyms. I still kind of talk to them to this day. I'm eternally grateful that they chose to be my friends during that time. I was homeschooled from like 7th to 8th grade. My social skills were absolutely abysmal at that time. So I was lucky to have two people to uh, <laughs> spend time with. And they were great. LJ would come and play, throw the football with me. We'd talk on the phone. He was really the closest one I had and the one I would talk to consistently but the one thing I want to talk about LJ and I brought this up a couple of days ago I was talking to my friend is I was always the one to have to reach out to him he was very much the passive partner in our platonic relationship for lack of a better term and this isn't just with me he was like that with everybody even his family he just does not reach out he does not call people and I'd be in the middle of an hour-long conversation with him, and I would just stop talking sometimes, and I would just go quiet. Because it, it, <laughs> this is my kind of cruel way of messing with him, because I knew he wouldn't say anything because he never initiates conversation. Not that I'm ungrateful. Like, I'm eternally grateful for LJ for being my friend, but this is something that is kind of a common trope for people in the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle area, is they are just passive and don't really reach out or try to uh, maintain the relationship. And it got to the point when I was like 18 or 19 where I was just super frustrating. It's like, LJ, do you even really give a crap about this relationship? You just don't seem to care. You never call me. You never want to hang out. Like when I see you and we get together and we hang and we spend time together, I feel like fine. And then you just never, ever reach out. 
and my friend EJ ended up reaching out after I was done with high school, and our relationship was primarily virtually. He liked to play games, so I would do that with him, and we would just talk crap and play games together. He was the one who got me into League of Legends, which was a complete waste of like three years of my life, but we never really did anything in person outside of a couple occasions. It was all virtual. I had another friend who, when I went to my second high school, the one I graduated from, got along with him. He was one of the first people that I connected with, or I wouldn't say connected with it. He was one of those passive types where I was always the one having to initiate. He would occasionally send an email but it wasn't really anything serious. He just was a nice, pleasant person. And he still is. I have nothing against this guy. I'm going to call him H.J. H.J., though, one time, I hadn't seen him for like a year, and he invited me over to his house. And I get there, and his brother, Gary, who's actually my best friend throughout most of my 20s, was only one there. And H.J. just flat out ditched us. He invited me over and ditched us. And he is notorious for doing this sort of thing. And Gary and I confronted him about it, and rather than have the conversation, he drove off and sent us like a, like a two-page text of how we were wrong, how we were handled this poorly, and whatever. And th this is a very stereotypical Seattle Freeze sort of thing. It's just the passive-aggressive behavior, unwillingness to have confrontations and face things head-on, just sending a page-long texts rather than calling somebody or trying to resolve things. And like I said before, I have nothing against H.J., he has a family now, he's done well for himself, he's a good father, I have nothing against him, it just was, we were young, and I did not handle the situation very well, I should have handled it more tactfully, but one thing I've always been taught is when you make an obligation, when you make a commitment, you stick to it, and if you can't do it, you let the other person know, and people in this state, in this area, are notorious for just flaking out on things. And to me, this is completely unacceptable and needs to be called out. What he did to me was wrong, and rather than admit that in person and say, Hey, Desi, I'm sorry for ditching you, he took off, said he didn't want to talk about it, and sent a two-page text. <laughs> Needless to say, H-Day wasn't my dear friend for much longer after that. Now I sort of want to touch on the post-COVID situation where I really started to reach out on Bumble and try to make friends. Finding matches on the BFF part of Bumble is not hard, it's fairly easy, and it's a bit deceiving with how many people match with you. But then when you try to initiate conversation, it just tends to fizzle out. And maybe I'm not doing it right, maybe I don't know the social cues or whatnot. I'm very much just asking them, asking them questions about themselves and doing the normal thing. But that is one thing that's bothered me about communication is my mom always told me like hey if you want to make friends ask questions about them and I understand that and I understand why it's important but at the same time shouldn't somebody ask about me why is it so one-sided and I do want to point out that I have hobbies I love hiking, camping, I love outdoors things, I love gardening, I love sewing, I want to get into knitting, so it's not like I'm just some random person who's inviting someone to sit on their porch and drink. I love window shopping too, and that's, the, that's something that a lot of uh, people like to do, so 
shopping in general. And the common theme is, is I ask a bunch of questions, get select responses, and then it just fizzles out because the other end, I, I get burnt out. The thing is, is when I talked to my friend Ezra and I had this great relationship and this great platonic friendship, I had no issue whatsoever maintaining conversation. Ezra was very interactive, very interested in the conversation, interested in what I had to say, and wanting to meet me in person. And that's how a healthy relationship starts or a healthy friendship starts. It's interesting as an ace is I tend to overlap friendship and relationship because to me a relationship is just a long-term friendship with some romantic stuff involved. So I guess in a way I'm mentally biased because I expect the conversations that I have with other people to follow the same lines as my friend Ezra. And it just doesn't happen that way. There are a few notable exceptions, but after probably talking to over a dozen people and having the same experience over and over again, I'm a bit jaded right now. And in 2023, I want to talk about three experiences that have to do with ghosting. This seems to be a very <laughs> unique thing to the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle Freeze. I should probably call it the Seattle Ghost. The first sort of interaction I had was with the person I met on Bumble Date. I kind of juggle between Bumble um, BFF and Bumble Date. I think it's easier to get people to engage on the dating side because it's a novelty to them. Somebody who has a normal or is allosexual, when you're potentially thinking about dating somebody, you tend to be more interested and ask better questions and be more intrigued. On my dating profile, I do put like, hey, I'm ace. I'm looking for a life partner, not an F buddy or friends with benefits sort of thing. And I met somebody on Bumble Date, and it was went perfect. Two-way conversations. This person seemed very lovely. We exchanged phone numbers. <laughs> I actually have a fair amount of phone numbers in my phone. If you look at my phone, you'd think I'd have a lot of friends with all the contacts that I've made through Bumble. But this person, we talked extensively for a couple of days, and she listened to my podcast. And she seemed really interested, really enjoyed what I did. She did mention like cuddling. Oh, how's your cuddle game and blah, 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 blah. Just like for me, it's like, okay, uh, I, we haven't met yet. That's a little bit forward. I think she listened to all my episodes and then I just did not hear from her again. She flat out ghosted me. And I think that that's primarily because this person wanted to have a sort of romantic relationship. She met somebody else, a bunch of other reasons. Although I did see her profile on Bumble not too long ago. So I'm not sure how her love quest is going. The second person was a man. I have had pretty terrible experiences with men on Bumble. They tend to match really quickly, but I don't think they read profiles. I think they just swipe and don't read. And then, of course, when we initiate conversation, they look at my profile, see that I'm ace, and they're not interested. At least that's my take on it. Because at one time I had like a dozen matches. I initiated all the conversations, and none of these men got back to me. But I did have one who was super cute, and I let him know that. Maybe that was my mistake, but I was just, he had this adorable, like, cardigan pullover in one of his profiles, and he had this adorable dog. And we talked pretty consistently. He had a pretty fascinating job. He was, like, in a biotech company, and we ended up going on an actual date. We, I really had to kind of just be like, hey, let's get together, let's get together, let's get together. We finally did. We had a good date. I, he ended up paying for it, which was my mistake because I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, no, 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 I, I got to make this up to you or whatever. But I would say from my end, it was a really good time and I really enjoyed him. But he was super flaky about getting back to me afterwards. And it was one of those things where I would text and be like, hey, um, 
I want to hang out again. I want to see you again. And he'd be like, oh, I thought I texted you or, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so terrible about getting back and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, if you're interested in somebody romantically, if you want to go on a date with them, you, I would anticipate that you would go a little bit out of your way and break your schedule a little bit to get back to somebody. So I wasn't buying it, and he kept doing the same thing. And the last one that really broke the camel's back for me was, he was like, oh, I thought I texted you. I was sure I texted you. I'm so sorry. And she's like, okay, you know, you're not interested in getting together with me, and you're just trying to passive-aggressively or passively or trying to be nice. I don't know. Not interested in seeing you again, which is fine. It's kind of a bummer because, again being an ace i just want to hang out with this person and see where it goes from there i don't know if it's an impatience thing on his part but needless to say that uh unless he gets back to me quickly um i think that that's not going anywhere and it's over and my third and final experience this year is the main driver of why i'm doing this episode in particular and i'm going to call this person the ghost of Kalaylock. I started talking to the ghost of Kalaylock back in March, I believe, and we just connected. We had mutual conversations, exchanged numbers, very interesting person, you know, similar hobbies, similar kind of attitudes toward life, similar politics and whatever. And I was like, okay, I've made a new BFF. And there was reciprocation, at least at the initial part of it. It became where I would just ask questions and I would engage and we'd start conversations. And I went to Utah at the end of March. I ended up calling her a couple of days before I went to Utah and said, hey, let's do something after I get back from Utah. I really wanted to talk to her to kind of break the ice and get this going. And we had like an hour long conversation and it was pretty productive, I would say. There's a few awkward silences or whatever because she's not the type to talk on the phone. She told me this, but more or less, it went great. And I get back from Utah and the weather finally gets nice. I'm like, hey, let's go to this place. So she's like, oh, okay, that looks great. Or the morning as we we're about ready to leave, she told me her dog had a seizure, which is like, okay, that's fine. We'll reschedule. Tried to reschedule the next week and she had a friend's birthday in Seattle and she couldn't go. And at this point, I really should have been like, okay, I've made, I've extended the olive branch twice now. This person needs to reciprocate and reach out to me. But I was so desperate for companionship that I was willing to let this slide. At the end of April, after a pretty miserable month weather-wise, the weather finally got beautiful. It was like an 80 degree day. And I'm like, hey, ghost of Kalaylock, do you want to hang out? And she says, oh, sure but I'm going to the ocean, I'm going to Kalaylock, which is the theme of this. It's a beach on the Washington coast. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I'm like, sure, let's do this. And I thought about it for a couple of days because this was a three hour drive for me, mind you. So I committed to it. I leave at like 8.30 in the morning, which is super early for me because I'm a vampire. I stay up late and like right when I'm ready to leave, she's like, hey, my dog has stress colitis. I'm running a bit late. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's fine. I'll, I'll just chill for a bit. So I drive three hours to get to Kalaylock and I get to Kalaylock and I go to the campground. I send a text. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Nothing. I hear nothing from this person. So I just, I started to sink in that I had been ghosted. I went to an area with better receptions than another text. I'm like, hey, I've been here for like two hours. What's going on? And I should have been a little bit more assertive, but I was like, oh, I hope everything's okay. And after about four hours, I just went home. 
this was devastating for me. I ended up going for a walk on the beach. It was a beautiful day, but I had, outside of my friend Cal, I didn't, really didn't have anyone to talk to about this because I was just like, oh my gosh, I just spent three hours driving to meet this person and they don't even have the common courtesy to show up. And not only that, but no text, absolutely no communication whatsoever. I drive three hours back home I sent a text, I'm like, hey, I hope everything's okay, I hope your dog's okay, and I hear nothing. And everybody who I told about this was like, this is a horrible person, like, how could this happen? This is completely unacceptable, and I really should have said something and just blocked her. But I lacked the, I, I'm not a conflict person, I can't handle, like, I've had too much trauma in the past with bad relationships and abuse, where I just cannot handle conflict very well, or... I was just afraid that if I said something, this person would just like bite my head off and it would send me into a panic attack. So I literally gave the ghost of Kalaylock, I call her that because she ghosted me at Kalaylock. I gave this person an out like, oh, you must have not had reception, which is such a crappy out. Like she had all day and the next day to like let me know. I was literally looking up on the DOT sites whether there were accidents, whether she freaking died or got injured or was in a coma because I was like, how can like how can somebody just not get back to me? Something horrible must have happened. It turned out this person is just a freaking flake. <laughs> I still am a little bit triggered and salty about it, if you can hear in my voice. If I were to make a gamble, I would just say that this person, rather than admit they screwed up and completely inconvenienced me, just didn't want to confront it and just ignored it. So on top of being a flake, this person also has absolutely no courage or willingness to admit they screwed up. And I'm not happy with how I handled it. I really should have called her out on this, but instead I gave her a bunch of outs. And I didn't even hear from her until like two days later where I'm like, hey, um, this is really unfortunate that this happened, but at least I got a good story out of it. It is a good story now that it's over with, but at the time it was absolute hell for me and devastating. Like, I spent an entire day to go meet somebody and try to build a new friendship, and it was for nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that is an empty feeling in my gut. But on the other hand, like, I am proud of myself for stepping out of my box to make friends and to really try to put the... I know that I have the capability to put my best foot forward and make the effort to make friends in the future. But it is just so damn hard, at least in this state and with my experiences. And, of course, when the ghost of Claylock got back to me, she had a whole bunch of, like, oh, I had a nervous breakdown. I was like, oh, you probably didn't have any reception. And this, again, this is me giving her an out because I am so averse to conflict. I'm willing to give her an out rather than me confront her about making me drive over six hours round trip and basically completely... And the no cell phone reception thing is BS. Where she was, she was near a gas stations. she wasn't that far from the nearest town, she could have easily found a place for reception, let me know what's going on, but she is a flake, and we'll never own up to it. I told my friend Ezra about it, and they said, you should have told her that she's inconsiderate, you should have told her this is absolutely unacceptable, and that she is a terrible person for doing this, and she really should consider her life choices. And I wish I would have, kind of, because what she did was not okay, but because I was the victim, I'm willing to just put up with it rather than make a stand. Anyway, that was a couple of weeks ago. I've made a new friend since then who I'm banking on. I had a really good conversation. I bought a plant from this person and I'm hoping this <laughs> this goes better. So I haven't given up, but the ghost of Kalaylock really kind of took the wind out of my sails. 
for me, I'm kind of on the introverted side. I have past trauma. I have rejection phobia. So it's extremely difficult for me to muster up the energy to go on these sites, to maintain these conversations. And not only that, it's just people are so flaky here. This is a common theme. This isn't me just saying that. I've talked to my therapist about this. She's from the East Coast. She's confirmed it. We've had a couple of conversations about it. I was at a wedding the day after the Ghost of Kalilak incident, and my friend RJ, I should say my close acquaintance RJ, he lives in a different state, but he's a cool guy. He confirmed it. He called it the Seattle Ice. I brought it up, and he's just like, hey, RJ, have you ever noticed that people are just unfriendly and hard to get to know in this part of the country? And he just is like, oh my gosh, heck yes. I call it this, It's called the Seattle Ice. My new friend Dee, who I was talking about a second ago, she's a native from here, and she said the same thing. Like, people just don't show for obligations, they don't get back to you, you agree to a meeting, and they just don't show up and don't send any texts. Like, apparently this flaking out thing is a huge issue in this part of the country. And I think it's just the inability to have any sort of confrontation, which I can understand, but... I just was raised, if you make an obligation to show up somewhere, you show up. Like, if you don't, that's extremely rude. So I don't know if, if people aren't raised properly around here of parental, poor parental guidance, but if you or say you're going to show up for something, show up. Don't flake out. That's extremely rude, and it really pisses people off. I do want to point out how I have been kind of the one to freeze, too. I had a friend called TJ back when I was 19 or 20 who I had met with in class, and he was a very much an extroverted type, just very hyped about life, and he would always try to get me to go to these parties, like that started like 11 o'clock or something, and he was always trying to socialize and trying to be like this extroverted social butterfly, and I just got so burnt out with him. And a lot of it was he just tried too hard, and... People just never reciprocated his energy, and it was really actually stressful for me to watch and be around. And TJ was a great guy. I spent a lot of time with him. I considered him like almost like a brother at one point. But he just constantly would be nagging me to go to parties, to go to the fair, to try to pick up girls and all that other stuff. And I just wasn't into it, and he burnt me out, and I just kind of stopped talking to him. Rather than say, like, hey, your attitude and your behavior is kind of bothering me. Can you just chill? Can you not be so, you know, 150% all the time? But in hindsight, I wish I would have had a friend like him now, because TJ would have been a very compatible person with me now compared to back then. So I did freeze him and I did the Pacific Northwest thing of just not talking to him anymore and stopping communication, which was kind of crappy of me. My ex-partner was a victim of me freezing too. We had a rocky relationship, mind you, and I just could not deal with them sometimes. I just was completely burnt out. This was a person who had gone through a lot of trauma. This was a person who was also like almost hypersexual, and I wasn't, and they would just get super frustrated with me because my social skills were limited, I just didn't really see anybody, this person had a large friend circle, whatnot, whatnot, and this person would get irritated and frustrated, and rather than confront them, I would just go quiet and stop talking to them, and this drove them absolutely nuts. And this was not a good way for me to handle it. I just didn't have the bandwidth or the energy to talk about things with them. 
or the requisite social skills for that matter. And this was me freezing them. Again, I'm guilty of this behavior. What I would do is I would just wait for it to blow over rather than confront it. A big reason why my friendship with Gary and RJ kind of fell apart was because I would not call them. They would always be the one to contact me and I got complacent in the behavior of the one being contacted. Mind you, we were both, or we were all in our early 20s, and our idea of a good time <laughs> was to come over to my apartment and get drunk and watch movies and play games. Like, that was the extent of our friendship. They grew out of it, I didn't, and I got upset why they weren't there anymore, but also, like, I was really bad about maintaining communication, and they were always the ones calling me and coming out here. Like, they would come out, like, every weekend almost. And I just got complacent with that. I'm like, okay, I don't need to have communication. I don't need to maintain. They're just going to come over here. We're going to hang out. So, again, I was pretty terrible. I do want to talk a bit about some of the content I found on the internet. One of them was, like, a comedy skit that some guy did. One of them was, this is actually strikingly true, is that people would rather wait in a self-checkout line than talk to a cashier. And I've seen this so many times where a cashier's aisle at a grocery store will be open and people will wait 10 minutes in line for self-checkout just to avoid human interaction. So true. Another one of the bits was is that people from Seattle are like half-formed humans. Whoever was making them stopped halfway through and forgot to put like the social parts in their brains. Like they made the body and the mind, but they didn't actually finish and so they're just like half-formed zombie humans roaming around that won't talk to anybody, which again is kind of funny and true. My friend Ezra told me about this one time. They went up to Seattle on a date. They had this amazing date with this person, walked around Seattle for like two and a half hours or whatever, had a hug, and everything seemed to be going great. There was text communication, and eventually... It just became more and more one-sided on Ezra's part. Ezra did what I did and started making excuses for the other person. Like, oh, they're busy with school. Oh, they're busy with work. But like, if you're dating somebody and you're not getting texts back on a regular basis, even though you're putting forth the effort, something is wrong. That should be an orange-red flag. And eventually it was. Eventually Ezra went up to Seattle again and talked to this person was like hey uh what's going on here i feel like we're getting along really well but like you don't really put forth the effort to get back to me i feel like this is one-sided and this person after all this time said like oh well i think we should just be friends and it's just like ezra was like okay well thanks for wasting my time like you could have told me this earlier here i have dedicated a bunch of time to try to maintain this and you just flaked out on me and didn't say anything and again this is people from the pacific northwest just not wanting to have any sort of conflict or deal with anything unpleasant another person on the internet who i watched literally had a breakdown she had a youtube channel and she just could not make friends for the life of her this is a very social engaging person she has like a channel with like a like 20,000 people on it and she just could not freaking get people to commit like she would talk to people have these conversations and then like hey let's get together and they would just flake out on her just either not show up or make lame excuses and she just like i can't deal with this like she had literally had a nervous breakdown because she was so tired of being alone she'd been in seattle for like months and months and months and she just couldn't get anyone to hang out with her and it was really sad to watch like she literally cried in the video and she used the strategy of just 
trying to date people, going on dating apps, and rather than being interested in dating people, she would just want to hang out with them. Like she would go out on dates with guys, literally not to date them and to have romantic relationship, but literally just for companionship, which I thought was really sad, but I've, I've thought about using that strategy myself. And the thing is, is for somebody who's ace, the line between dating and relationship and friendship is extremely blurry and gray. And to kind of wrap this up, I do want to talk about what the origins might be. One of the more pervasive stereotypes is the weather. I want to point out to those of you who are listening from other parts of the country, the weather in Seattle is extremely stereotyped. Like in November, October, or I should say November, December, January, February, and even March sometimes, the weather is terrible here. That's where we get all of our rain. That's when everybody stays indoors and we get snow, we get windstorms or whatever. The weather's pretty crappy. If you're going to come to the Pacific Northwest, come in like April through October. The weather's great then. Like in those months, that's when everyone goes out on the hike. That's when everybody comes out of hibernation. It's wonderful to be here during those times. So the weather is, it's not always raining here and it's not the reason why the Seattle freeze exists. It exists because people are freaking weird here. I believe a lot of the reason for the Seattle freeze, at least for people my age demographic, is people already have their friend circles. They meet their friends in high school as they're growing up. They have their lifelong friends and they aren't really willing to dedicate any more time to make more friends. They already have their group. They don't need any more friends. I've noticed this from my personal experience as well. And I think the main reason behind the Seattle freeze, and it makes sense when I've done my research, is the Nordic influence here. A lot of the original settlers were Nordic from Denmark, Finland, or I guess Denmark, Sweden, Norway. People from those countries tend to not be particularly warm and inviting or social compared to other parts. Not to stereotype them, I understand people in Nordic countries aren't all like that. People from those countries just tend to be very business-orientated. Not necessarily mean people, but just business-orientated, not into small talk, not really into like building close, intimate relationships outside of family and close friends. And as people have moved here, the original people were like that, and the people that have moved here might have been different at one time, but it was just slowly adapted towards that Nordic aloofness indifference and unwilling to engage in like basic conversation just very business orientated it's kind of interesting that the pacific northwest is such a melting pot and are extremely diverse in terms of accepting people in the lgbtq plus community accepting of you know various types of ethnicities cultures but at the same time are really aloof and unwilling to like try to make friends or step out of their social networks or step out of their boxes and engage with people so it's kind of a paradox here but it is what it is i know that there's wonderful people in this state in this area and i'm not going to stop trying but boy does it freaking burn me out with these one-sided conversations and with these flaky people that live here at least some of them maybe i'm just unlucky but we'll see. Anyways, I think it's about time to wrap up with this particular topic. I'm surprised how much content I had. I only had like a page of notes, but I just went on and on and on. Probably do some choice editing here. But anyways, thank you all for listening to this episode. 
If I have more fun experiences, I will definitely talk about them. You can find me on Podbean. I have a page there. I have an Instagram that I sometimes post on. I have a YouTube channel. The last video I did, I linked it there. And of course, you can reach me at desmond.sadai at gmail.com. All that information's on my page. Anyways, thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your week and a great rest of your day. Peace and love.